Welcome to IndieWire's Very Good Television Podcast. I'm Liz Shannon Miller at Lizzled on the Twitters. I'm Ben Travers at Ben T. Travers on the Twitters. And we are once again, we're, we're over, it feels a little weird not to have cake right now. I feel like maybe maybe we need to have podcast cake for all the podcasts. I think there's still cake in the building. We should probably just go get some. We should probably just, uh, any cake in this building is probably rightfully ours. Yeah. It's like prima knock day except for cake. Prima cake knock day. Prima, Prima cake day? Knock the cake. Cake a de- cake Prima, Prima not your cake, my cake. Yeah. We know Latin real good, guys. Um <laughs> and that that bit of Latin is probably the classiest this podcast is going to be today because um this might be a, we're gonna delve into some adult subject matter. Uh and I we apologize for that. This is not necessarily an a podcast for younger listeners. Because we're going to talk about penises. Penises on television. Yes, specifically penises on television. So these For the record, sh- this is another one of those episodes like we talked about last week. I think we've talked about it before. Well, we've certainly talked about penises on television. Like, I think I've probably made the points I'm going to make on previous podcasts. But we'll see what happens. There is a new stimulating subject matter that brings up the topic yet again uh, in yes. our um, today and age. So, yeah, without – we, it, oh, man, I hate, I hate feeling – I'm feeling very nervous about, for some, about talking about this show for some reason because they, it, it, there's no clean-cut line about spoilers this, this weekend when it comes to girls. Uh, we are recording this on Friday. Normally when we record on Friday, it's for publishing on Monday, and we know that everything is aired on Sunday, and that's definitely going to be the case this time. Um, but HBO, for some reason, decided that they would – well, I not some reasons, probably some very good reasons – decided to release uh, this week's Girls uh, early on Friday. And so there was a real question of, like, does that mean uh, – it, it released it early on HBO Go and HBO Now. This pre- presents a problem for us where it's like, when does – when is it officially cool to start talking about the episode? And that's already a pretty complicated question when it comes to spoilers, uh, which is definitely an episode we've done before, by the way, the spoilers episode. Yeah, we're fine. We've, we, we've done multiple episodes in the past where there's been an episode that airs on Sunday night. We talk about it today because we've seen it. We warn you that spoilers are coming. So guess what? This is the same thing. Yes. We've may have, you may have seen it before Sunday night because it was available. But if you are a girls fan and you're looking forward to the latest episode and for some reason you didn't watch it over the weekend or you didn't realize it was available over the weekend and then you watch the Oscars Sunday night so you're saving it for Monday or Tuesday or another time after you're listening to this podcast, stop now. You're going to be spoiled. Yes. Um, We're giving you a moment. Okay. Now we're going to talk about Matthew Reese's penis. Um, or actually not penis, as it, the case may be. But uh, Girls w- is just the latest show and to you know institute full frontal male nudity. Um, and it's a, I mean, some of the great shows have done it, Ben. Um, I don't know if you've heard of this show called The Leftovers. But The Leftovers in season two was not shy about, um, about showing, showing its, its men, at, men at full pers- in, in full force. I don't know. That's a weird way of phrasing that. Yep. You're just letting me dangle out here, aren't you? Well, you're making it really awkward, Liz. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, this is a topic of relevance because of the way because of a few different things. Like let's like, getting back to girls a little bit is is 
Liz, you had a great interview with the director who kind of walked you through the process of not only how the casting went down with Matthew Reese, but how the actual scene in which he exposes himself came up came about because right. there's there's specific interests to that that speak to kind of how television is made, which to me are very interesting and uh, made for an interesting interview. Uh, and then overall, how it's depicted on TV, that's always been nudity on girls has always been a hot button subject. And I don't feel like this is really the, the talking point to revolve around for this particular week, but it is the moment in the episode in which you understand fully what's going on. You know what who this person is, you know what the episode is trying to say, and then you can have your opinions about it. I think there's there's something about there's something about the the way it's executed in girls that I really love because it's it reminds me of the first time I ever got flashed like on the street and there's that moment of incomprehension when it happens to you especially if you're a lady and you don't see a lot of them in general day-to-day life um where it's like is that what I'm even seeing? And there's something, and in general with television, I think like that the, that moment can always is always a little heightened because, frankly, we don't really see a lot of penises on television. Yeah, it's uh, you mentioned this earlier when we even brought up the the idea of discussing it on the podcast that this might be the last taboo on television. I right. mean, there's certainly other things that are very extreme that we will see and be shocked by in the future. But in terms of something as ordinary as nudity, or in terms of nudity in general, right. it, it still feels rare to see full frontal male nudity on TV, which isn't by any means fair or, or, or feminist or progressive or anything. And, and um, it's, it's nice to see shows as blatant about pushing that envelope forward as togetherness, because when Mark Duplass had his nude scene, he was like, listen, if we're asking this of women, we're asking this of men. Let's have some equality on TV. He said it a lot funnier and better than I did, but he was, they were very conscious about that idea, where it's like, why is one being so hidden when the other is not? Um, And and on on girls, they've, you know, obviously gone to a lot of new places in television when it terms, terms of sexuality, in terms of nudity, in terms of everything. And this episode was very much geared around the idea of what what it means, like what certain acts means. Not, mm-hmm. I mean, consensuality is definitely a, a factor, but it's also about power dynamics, and it's also about that scene is very much about power dynamics and, and kind of the implications of those and, and how they can come about. And it, it, was, it was important to the show to show it. And right. when they did show it, it wasn't just about that moment, which is what made it relevant. Yeah, it, I mean, and I feel like the thing, that, uh, the other thing about it is, just like it was not a huge part of the frame and i feel like uh, the other time like like the big 2015 was really like the big year for full frontal male nudity it was really more out there in fact uh, there were some very there we there's a very good vulture piece that i remember when it pubbed i was very jealous because i wish i had written it uh but it was kind of tracking like the a large amount of male nudity we saw in those like in, especially like in the fall like there was a three month period and even but you know even last fall though we did have uh, Westworld putting putting a unnamed black extras genitalia right out there, which attracted its fair share of controversy, which Ben just rolled his eyes at. I did, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, with, with in that instance, it was 
an, an unnamed a non-speaking character and they just it was framed in a way where it's like you were supposed to look at it and nothing else and it was de it was dehumanizing to some degree i completely disagree with that it was a bad joke and that's where the dehumanization ends because we're talking about robots they did that with every robot on the show it wasn't the only penis on the show it wasn't the only time that this kind of thing happened the only thing that made it feel exploitative was that horrible joke like they made a, a stupid predictable uh you know black guys got a big dick joke and mm-hmm. that was just like it was just too crass for the moment but the the shooting of it the decision to have it there wasn't necessarily bad i just it was it was a lot of discussion and it's one of those things where it again it's like if this wasn't so rare it wouldn't be a discussion point like if this wasn't something that we aren't used to seeing and we should be used to seeing by now then we wouldn't be talking about it but because it was something that we're not used to it it got a lot more traction um steering things back towards the girls discussion what i, I want to talk about how this came about because again having just read your interview and and i feel like those aspects of it are important because you've got an episode that's a bottle episode it's just lena dunham and matthew reese mm-hmm. matthew reese is obviously not a series regular on girls He's never been on the show before, so they had to go about casting this in a specific way, which was an interesting component of it. Uh, and then because, you know, obviously we're talking about a penis here, um, it's important to talk about whether or not it was his, and since it wasn't his, spoiler alert, yeah. uh, how it, that went about. I mean, basically the short the short version is because they actually had to go through a when when Matthew Reese basically said I, I am not going to show my actual penis. Um, they of course went with a prosthetic, and that happens a lot. Like I remember, um, even back as far as like that HBO drama Tell Me You Love Me, um, which featured a, which was very much like we are going to show all the penises and all the vaginas, and we are telling real stories of relationships. Um, uh, Adam Scott was on that show, and I. Uh, he talked once about how uh, he there was a scene where he got um, a hand job on a couch and they used prosthetic penis for it. Um, and there were effects, I believe. It was very exciting. Um, in this case, uh, they just went with a medical supply company that, uh, you know, because they didn't want a fully erect penis. And apparently it's kind of hard to find, uh, just like casually on the street, a semi-erect penis, like... It's not. There's not a lot of demand for it, so uh, they and yeah, and they. It was it was funny talking to the director about it because I I always get shy about asking that sort of question, even though it's like like, even though it's of course the one thing I really want to know about. But he was he was pretty open about how like they had they spent a lot of time discussing the shade of the penis and the color the, the color and you know how big the penis was, and then they had to get Matthew's approval for whatever penis they chose. And so there were legitimate production meetings just about about this one element of the plot. Right, and in, and in going about casting Matthew Reese in general, as you mentioned, like he said, he wasn't going to show his penis, but he did, like he was, the way the director framed it, it was about, like, I'm gonna, I'd am do anything for you guys. I'm willing to do anything. I'm not quite going to do that, so let's figure yeah. out an alternative. But they wanted Matthew Reese specifically because of what he brought to the character, and uh, it was important to see all of him in that moment, like to have that wide shot um, for reasons that you mentioned as well as because of how we identify with this guy and how we identify with the actor and then what he brings to the character and all this other stuff. Um, so it was, I mean, it was a, a very calculated episode all the way through. Um, it introduced a lot of interesting ideas and 
again, you never want to reduce it to just be like, hey, look, there's a penis on the screen. No. But the conversation, hopefully, around that episode will be a lot more important than just whether or not that was his real penis, which, again, sorry, folks, it's not. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how sorry we are about it not being his real penis. I mean, does it lessen... Hopefully it doesn't lessen the impact, I guess. is know, Knowing that bit of information, hopefully it doesn't make the scene feel less real to you um, as a viewer. Because, you know, I I personally don't feel that way. I've actually watched the episode, God, I think I've watched it like three times now, just in prepping for various things. And uh, Prepping? Well, I watched it once to know, understand, to know what was going on, and then I watched it a second time before the interview, and then I watched it a third time while I was finalizing the interview, Benjamin. Sure, Liz. Sure. Use whatever reasons you want. <laughs> ben, are you really going to question why I might want to watch 25 minutes of Matthew Reese talking more than once? Absolutely not. I just was surprised to hear you even give an explanation. <laughs> but no, I don't think that the, I don't think that knowledge should take away from the scene whatsoever or the episode as a whole, especially because to me, what's tellingly memorable about that moment isn't the penis itself. It's what happens when she gets up off the bed and you see Matthew Reese's face. Oh, yeah. His face is what's memorable about that scene. And it, oh, my it's God. what's astounding about the ending of it because then you have the quick shift over to watching him watch his daughter perform uh, yeah. on the flute. And he's just smiling and happy and all of that kind of manipulative, evil, power-hungry side of him has disappeared because he's in an innocent place again. And um, the, the, when I watched the episode, I was with you and, and our managing editor, Kate Erblund, um, and Kate was sitting there watching it for the first time, saying throughout the entire episode, just, no, no, don't do it. No, Hannah, Hannah, Hannah get out of there. I'm like, don't do it. <laughs> and to me, this was the major problem with the episode, was that he was always painted as a douchebag. Like, you knew he was going to be a bad guy, throughout the episode you're waiting for it to happen and then they gave it to you and that to me lessens the conversation considerably because they're trying to have an honest debate about this 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 moral you know quandary where it's not a rape situation and the consent issue is is burdened by the idea of the power hungry like side of things and the and the power structure of the of his dynamic as a celebrity and that's a very good conversation to have but to simply paint it in this way was lessening to me. So I didn't like it as much, but there's still a, a, a good discussion to be had, even with that final shot, which really laid it on thick. What's funny about this though, is that I, and the, I did not have the same problem. I thought, because I did buy into him being a good guy. And I never did. And and his, his, the language he used and the reasoning he used and everything about it was so contorted to to be deceptive and and see, to flatter see, her is, and to is, get her into her position, I was this, just like, all right. This is, I mean, in re- you know, it's. I totally hear what you're saying. I'm just saying, I interpreted it. My experience watching it, I had a different experience, and that is not any less or more valid. Like, from if you, I feel like if you end up watching that episode and you you can buy into the idea that maybe Matthew Reese has a point, like, you know. Then, yet then, like, of course, it gets twisted around by the end. I'm not saying at the end of the episode I felt that way. I'm just saying I went on a journey the way you're supposed to. Yeah, no, I I mean, I've read a couple of the reviews of it that have gone up already, and they cite the same thing where it's this massive switcheroo at the end of the episode, and I I don't see that at all. Like, it's it's such a – 
his defense is so terrible. Like his 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 reasoning is just so ludicrous. And the other frustrating thing about it is like I've I've read the side of things where the reaction is simply like, Hannah, get the fuck out of there. Like, why would you ever go into the apartment to begin with? You know why he invited you here, like, as opposed to other journalists that would write about it. And uh, the, the that side of things to me, like, I'm glad it pays off for people. I'm glad it worked to some degree. But I, I, I really like the ambiguity more. Like, I really like when you present something where you don't have a definitive answer at the end of it. Um, and... I like the idea that the episode draws attention to how celebrities and how uh, power dynamics can make you do things that you regret or make you do things that you don't think about in the moment. Like there's just automatic switches that go off. That's a very valuable conversation to have and I I appreciate that. I just wish there would have been a little bit more leniency towards Reese's character. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I I think it's, it's, I think there's some level room for subjectivity here, and oh, also, yeah, yeah oh, and yeah. also um, because, like I said, I bought in. Also, I'm just kind of really amused right now at the idea of Dan Fogelman inviting you over to talk about This Is Us. That'd be great. <laughs> but see, like, let's say, so let's say in in the girls episode, um, let's say they didn't show the penis. Right. Like, let's say that, that he invites Hannah to lay down on the bed. Right. She lays down. He's uh-huh. facing the other direction. Okay. She becomes uncomfortable for whatever reason, like nothing happens, or maybe he just turns over, or maybe he reaches over with his hand, or anything. Like, I understand that the penis is a power move, and that's what, like, this character is about. But if you took that away from it, and you just made it about that look that he gives afterwards, where you realize a little bit more without it being so blatant on the now, other side are you side saying all the action is the same? You just don't actually physically see the penis? No, he doesn't. He doesn't pull the penis. Okay, out. doesn't and pull the penis. That part out. of it never happens. He so just like we he take just the like, penis out of the but conversation. he by by getting her to sit lay on the bed with him, he's already won. Yes, like he's already he's 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 made her apologize for writing the article. He's made her feel guilty about it. He's made her see his side of things. He's already brought over the entire power dynamic to it. And again, I'm not saying that this is a more effective episode for what they were going for. It's definitely a different conversation. Right. Um. But the ambiguity of it feels valuable because then you're left with more of a question as to fuck is this guy a dirtbag or is he okay instead of at the end of it being just like he's a dirtbag these guys are dirtbags we need to avoid dirtbags at all costs it's like yeah of course you do and it's good to be aware that there's levels of dirtbag like this guy is a, a very manipulative one uh but there's some that aren't quite as blatant about it and you still need to get the hell away from them What's fascinating about this to me is that I believe we, we kind of we've started this podcast with the intention of just talking about like the power of male of male full frontal nudity. Yeah, it and is. it's really, but it's really more just an opportunity for you to rant about this episode of Girls. No, it's about the penis. Like we're I'm this whole conversation is about that moment where he brings out the penis. And but I thought we were going to talk about more than just Matthew Reese's penis. So I thought we were going to talk about. Yeah, a little bit. And I, I actually keep bringing up other penises, and you keep steering it back towards girls. Yeah, but you, well, yeah, but I'm not gonna just. We're not just gonna sit here and no, list I'm, penises that have been aired on TV. That's not really a service to anybody, other than I mean, kind of <laughs> in a weird way that I feel already exists in other corners of the internet. It's a hard thing to Google, then. It's a hard thing to. It's to, not. <laughs> I'm just saying. Penises on TV doesn't really turn up the results that people are looking for. Well, it doesn't, it doesn't. (laughs) But no, it's like, as always, when talking about nudity Mm -hmm. and 
when taking this conversation beyond the basic facts of, you know, okay, we've seen a hundred times the amount of naked women on TV as we have naked men. Right. Moving beyond that, it's about why nudity can be important, how it's used, and the power of it. Yeah. Because there is power to it. And and that played in very prominently with this episode of TV. And I expect to see it show up more and more often. And, you know, again, like going back to Westworld, Westworld is much more of a throwaway where you could delete it entirely and the episode would remain the same. Uh, as opposed to the Girls theme. where it's... Yeah, but in general, I, in general, like the nudity on Westworld was very much it, the general nudity was always very much a power yeah, play as well. Yeah, 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 which was interesting. Yeah, God, I'm. Yeah, I mean, and the leftovers uses as a power dynamic as well for the most part. I mean, yeah, both both uh, the big instances were, uh, you know, both characters at extreme in extreme moments of vulnerability. Yeah, and trying- one manipulated into that position and one volunteering to be seen in that position. Yeah. So. But he was still having a really bad day. Well, he was having a real, he was having a really bad day until he made that choice and then he was happy as a clam. He wasn't happy. Do you not remember him going up to do it? Like he no, was excited telling them like, I'm going to go He's do ex- this thing. He didn't, wasn't this smiling. Is my opportunity. Oh, he absolutely was smiling. Yes. He wasn't smiling in the shot of him being put under the, uh, what's it called, the thingamajig. But, like, when he was talking about doing it, he was, yeah, because that's who he is. That's who the Reverend is. That's everything about his character. He's willing to accept that kind of punishment to to prove his point and to illustrate I what can't you can wait. do and what I can't, can't wait do. for the season three Reverend episode, mostly just because I, I really hope they continue the tradition of him just getting completely clobbered in the head. Now, you see it in the trailer. It looks like he's, there's some serious shit going down I'm, I'm 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 nervous ben i'm nervous about the leftovers we all should be <laughs> gosh i'm i the thing that's interesting to me right now is i'm trying to remember i feel like there have been instances where and of course it's all female nudity um but like nu- nudity is a power play for a woman and I, I feel like i've seen it before like the idea of a proud naked woman but i game can't of thrones. what game of thrones there it is that's what i'm thinking of yeah, yeah, because her clothes, her clothes always burn off when she sets the patriarchy on fire. That's exactly what I was thinking of. I am woman. Here are my dragons. <laughs> Here are my dragons. That too. <laughs> but I mean, what what do you think makes that possible? What do you mean? Like, why why do you think it's possible to have the have nudity both be a power play and also be an act of vulnerability? Because that's the that's the dynamic of nudity. You're either going to be embarrassed by being naked or you're going to be using it as an example of, of pride in who you are and what you are and the very clean, natural presentation of yourself. So it, it gives you that opportunity to reverse the vulnerability by throwing it back in their face with confidence, or it gives you the opportunity to, to stand there as you are and be judged. Interesting. That's a very good answer. I don't know. Oh, I didn't. Well, I didn't have an answer at all. So I, I was just like legitimately asking you. Yeah, you just everybody's naked. Everybody <laughs> has that dream where you're like, "Shit, I'm naked I'm in a public place." How do you react? As RuPaul would say, "You're born naked, and the rest is drag." That's <laughs> that's a very good way to put it. Yeah. yeah, that's a very good way to put it. I mean, yeah, I feel like I feel like it's gonna be really interesting uh, when The Handmaid's Tale comes out because. Um, that's a, that's a that's a story 
the book is very the book is very specific about how all the characters are always very very clothed, um, especially even during like the quote unquote ceremony, and Hulu has Hulu's not shy about 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 the T and the A from time to time, um, but yeah, I wonder I wonder Benjamin. Gonna find out soon. Yeah, not soon enough. Pretty soon. I have to survive a lot of April for The Handmaid's Tale. I love that you and I have complete different attitudes about April. Well, we we, we, we have the exact we, we have the exact same opinion about April. We're just we just have yeah. We well, it's have, not an opinion. April, factually, like ob- objectively, is overloaded with television. I am just very glad about this. You are very worried. I just worry that we're going to die. Nah can't die from too many good things Liz that's like saying if I ate too many cookies I'd die if I had too much bacon I'd die that's crazy that's not possible right that's not right right okay <laughs> April it's gonna be great leftovers Fargo Archer Veep Silicon Valley Americans you, okay gosh I was just about to say like, Better Call Saul. what Better Call Saul Oh, God. Yeah, I'm excited about Better Call Saul. Yeah, too. There's been a lot of television out there. So, Benjamin, this this month, this month of February in which we are still living, what was the best thing you watched? Um, the best thing I watched was probably Patriot. Uh, the really? The new Amazon series. Yeah. I didn't watch a lot of good TV this week. Oh. When, when We Rise was pretty disappointing. Um, but Patriot was interesting which is a word we use far too often. Mm-hmm. But I'm trying to avoid the word quirky because that's what's going to, I feel, dominate discussion of Patriot because it takes this familiar, dramatic setting and, and, and character, like a, an undercover agent um, who's forced into a situation that he may not want to be in. And it adds these very peculiar layers to him, um, which is fun to dig into and and kind of let wash over you as the as the season plays out and at the same time some of them are inexplicable some of them are just seemingly random all of them build to the general odd atmosphere of the show as does some interesting directorial choices uh as i noted in the review it reminded me very much of a a funnier version of or a less self-serious version of quarry which was another kind of show i enjoyed without being over the moon for uh but yeah i mean it's 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 an interesting series and it has some good performances so that's probably the best thing i watched cool what about you liz um i've been trying to catch up on colony and that series continues to be a tough watch like it's just like uh, you really you you really have to build up a tolerance for suicide bombing scenes and because there are more than a few of them and that's a tough that's a tough thing to swallow on a regular basis. Uh, but it is so compelling and there's stuff going, there's a lot of mysteries building and a lot of characters and conspiracies that are more increasingly fascinating. So I'm, 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 I'm enjoying my catch up a great deal to, to the extent to which one can enjoy right. it. Yeah. What? Right, it sounds, sounds very enjoyable. It's, it, it, it scratches certain niches in my brain that I, 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 do, I often don't feel like I get scratched enough. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But what's the next thing you're looking forward to? The Americans. Nice. Yeah. By the time this airs, we will be a mere eight days away from the premiere of The Americans. Oh, don't. Oh, God. Which is incredibly exciting. Again, Liz, don't understand. You got to you gotta embrace this. This is, this is the good times. These are... These are the shows that we, we live for. Um, there can't be too many of them. That's what I'm going with. But yeah, Americans coming out. It's going to be great. I'm very, very happy for you. Two seasons left. You love the Americans too, you loony bins. You love all these shows. You have an interesting, strong opinion about what I do and don't do. Uh, do and don't think. You tell me that you like these shows. What you, you I like the Americans. Okay. Don't love it. Well, then you shouldn't be scared that it's coming out. If you're not that invested, you don't have to watch it. It's just part of the onslaught. Hmm. It, I've been thinking of the Americans as the kind of the tipping point, the the tee off, if you will. Mm, me too. Um. So that's uh yeah. that's that's where that attitude comes from. Yeah. <laughs> Bring it on, Liz. What are you looking forward to? If anything, it sounds like. Nah. Yeah. Things are. What am I looking forward to? I am looking forward to seeing the leftovers. Damn right. Because um, we talked about it so much. We um, talk about it always, every day. Um, I'm going to go ahead and just shout out another U- a USA NBC, uh, a- a- another NBC Universal property. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing more of The Expanse. I thought you were going to say Taken. Tooken. Tooken, Taken. Yeah, like right, right now, right now I'm kind of in in catch up mode on a lot of stuff. So it's like I need to catch up on Legion, for example. Legion. Um, we got a bunch of more episodes of that. Well, so we got a couple. Well, I haven't finished some of them. So yeah, keep uh, watching. I'm gonna need you to help me battle back against David Ehrlich, IndieWire <laughs> film critic, who somehow doesn't like Legion. Mm, I shouldn't say happen. somehow. He's not a superhero fan. Not that I am either. <laughs> yep, it's all very strange here. Except for Green Lantern. Batman. That's yeah, it. I there's another show like um there's a show I'm hoping we get screeners for too called Nobodies which is premiering on t- on TV Land soon. And uh it's executive produced by Ben Falcone and Melissa McCarthy. Uh but it's really about like you know aspiring actors working in Hollywood um who happen and it it seems to be playing a lot with reality. It's it, another like showbiz insider comedy that you know we've seen a lot of but it looks vague. it looks fun. I, I'm looking forward to checking it out. Sounds good to me. Yeah, and you can hear all about these shows and read all about these shows and more on IndieWire.com, where you also find news, reviews, interviews, features. And if you want to listen to some film coverage, then make sure you check out Screen Talk with Ann Thompson and Eric Cohn. They will have Oscar predictions, analysis, depending on when you tune in. Uh, this is uh, make sure to listen to. I almost called it "This Is Us," Liz, because I keep. Screwing up the title. Michael Schneider's Turn It On podcast at IndieWire. If you want to listen to, I mean, relevant topics for this week, like stuff in the immediate, coming up, on the air, that you need to be prepped for, uh, check that out as well as our IndieWire Filmmaker Toolkit podcast. Mm-hmm. Liz, you got any uh, Oscar predictions, crazy Oscar guesses you're going to throw out there? When they hear this, we'll either be right or wrong. Yeah. Smart um. I put my money on a Moonlight upset for Best Picture. Oh, baby. How about you? God, that would be great. Um, I'm not gutsy enough to predict that. I will I will say that Denzel will win, uh, but that seems to be the consensus. So, 
Semi-consensus, anyway. Yeah. We'll find out. Um, we'll find out or and have already found out as you listen. Um, thank you so much for listening. You can find Ben on Twitter at Ben T. Travers. And you can find Liz on Twitter at Lizlet. That's with an I and an E. Correct. We will be back next week. And as always, you guys, keep watching television. Thank you.